1: Hello, and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright. It is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I generally do this every single week. I have rediscovered doing videos this week. I had done them before but not consistently. And I've noticed a lot of my Facebook friends have been doing videos and Facebook Live. And at the urging of a coaching friend of mine, I decided to do three of them last week. It can be a great way to build your business if you have one. In fact, I collected a couple of leads because of these videos. And so I know that the more often that I do them and the more I put myself out there, the greater the awareness my brand will have. Has this something that you've done before or have considered? And if you haven't, it's not as scary as you might think it is. There's no need to be afraid of the camera. Just... Be yourself and tell your story. Do this at least once a week. You might be surprised at how much support your friends and potential customers can give you. With all this in mind, I do want to introduce my guest. And before I forget, let me tell you that you can also download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free. Even a review would be fantastic as that helps the ratings for the show. Here's my guest coming right up. Her name is Sherry Ame. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Sherry is going to be the first 3 million bionic 3 million dollar bionic woman to revolutionize healthcare and business 6 years ago she died if you can believe it or not she flatlined in her husband's arms doctors couldn't resuscitate her for over 90 minutes it took a massive team of over 100 doctors and surgeons from around the world and 3 million dollars to save her life as she shattered medical records around the world Sherry spent four and a half years as a pioneer patient implanted with a device that we can call a bionic heart. It's called the LVAD, Left Ventricular Assist Device. And recently transplanted with a human donor heart, Sherry spent the last two years rebuilding her body, her life, and her business, and her mission is to help entrepreneurs bust out of obscurity. We will talk about so many issues related to this situation in her life and how that has impacted her business, and here we are with my very special guest, Sherry Ame, how are you, Sherry?
2: I am great, Brian. I am so honored to be here with you tonight.
1: Oh, wonderful. And I'm I'm really happy to have you here too. I've noticed that you've been on some other people's shows and it's been one of my ambitions to have you on my show and your story is it's got the wow factor unlike anybody else I've ever talked to before. So I'm really glad that you're here. I normally ask people to tell us how they started, what they overcame, and how they got here. But your story really is uh, the crux of what I want to talk about today. So let's just dive right in it. tell us Tell us about your background,
2: yeah. so um, i I come from a background of digital tech marketing. Um I've been in it for sixteen years, not to date myself. Um, uh, but I'm not new to the online arena. Um, even though I kind of feel like the past couple of years, I'm, I'm coming back for the first time in a long time, which is pretty much true. Yeah. Um, so I, I was, I started off as a tech programmer. So believe it or not, um, it's funny because my life is so different now and how I show up on social media. You were talking about live streaming. Um, and I'm literally like one of the queen of live streamings. I, that's how I built my business, which we'll get into, yes. but so, when I talk about my past that you know I explain to people I, I was a programmer. I literally was behind a computer all day, every day. I was quiet, I was an introvert. um I certainly was not the face of my brand. Yeah. Um, so I lived a very, very different life, and i I loved it. I mean, I absolutely loved it. It was my creative zone, my creative genius. um I always worked for tech startups um, engineering firms. I worked, uh, for a little bit at Microsoft, um, you know, and then eventually grew my career and, um, got, got to, I mean, being a programmer opened me up to, uh, so many opportunities. I was able to, um, for a long time, even in between, um, when the dot-com bubble burst, uh, in 2000, um, I, I had so many skills. It's such a skill set, um, that I really, I didn't have trouble finding work. And on top of that, I was able to really travel around the country and kind of just find work wherever I wanted to go. So, um, in my twenties, I really lived this freedom lifestyle, um, that so many people talk about now. And I was making, you know, six figures, very good salary. And, um, yeah, just kind of loving life and, and really just exploring and traveling in my, uh, in my twenties. So, um, it was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you were a programmer and then you started your own branding company. What was the, the switch that flipped for you?
2: So it really was, um, once I left, uh, the, my last business work was, you know, doing advertising and marketing and, and, and programming for adver- an advertisement firm that handled, you know, Fortune 500 companies. We had multimillion dollar contracts, um, you know, very high profile uh, campaigns that would be mat- uh, mentioned on the Oprah Winfrey show, you know, a lot of a lot of high pressure and stress. And, um, you know, I was starting to think about getting married, um, you know, and I was about to marry into um, a marriage that already had kids. And, you know, so I was just kind of hitting this point in my life where I was like, well, where am I going? And I always had this entrepreneurial um, flair to myself and, and interest and drive and passion. And so I left this cushy salary this cushy job and really took all the skills i had all the skills i had the contacts i had the top programmers designers copywriters in the industry and i left and i started my own digital tech firm so um and the moment i launched i was flooded with clients so wow. that really was the launch of me opening up my my own thing
1: that's wonderful how do you create yeah. clients in your business
2: um for me, uh, this has kind of been going on my whole career. Um, I I've gotten most of my clients in my life through uh, referrals. Um, mm-hmm. It hasn't been until I would say recently, um, since my the the tragedy that unfolded that we you know we'll dive into. Yes. Um, recently, I've I've actually learned how to. Um, utilize free social media, um, such as live streaming, being on Twitter, being on Instagram, being on Facebook. I've learned how to actually get people to engage with me and interact with me. And that actually allows me to um, provide value and educate people enough so that leads actually come to me.
1: Yeah. And you're on video practically every day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big... I'm a big live streamer. So if I, you know, I built my whole business, um, every penny I've earned, um, you know, in the past 18 months has been solely through live streaming. So, um, that just shows the power of, of showing up every day and actually getting on a live stream. Um, you can make money. That's literally how I built this business. That's now, um, you know, I'm hiring, I'm scaling, um, and I'm forming partnerships with people to actually go bigger. So I owe mm-hmm. everything to live streaming. Um, wow. But even just utilizing uh, video and YouTube videos, um, Instagram, you can do video. So my my whole way of attracting people to me, whether it's, you know, people that are just, you know, in my tribe that I can support, whether it's leads, you know, people that turn into actual clients. Um, it's all about me showing my face and getting in Mm -hmm. front of people because, uh, you know, when people start to see you and they start to count on you and trust that you will be there for them, um, that actually really makes sales a lot easier.
1: Yeah, and consistency, of course, is very important. How long did it take for you to realize that you were gaining some traction in the marketplace?
2: Oh, not long at all. I mean, I I think one of the biggest myths people think is that you need this really extensively large tribe and that it's going to take years to build it, you know, because we see other people online that maybe have grown massive YouTube followers or people on Facebook that have, you know, 50,000, 100,000 uh, following on their Facebook pages. And th- that's a myth. It's a myth. You don't need a large tribe. And that's really the the core of everything I teach is that it doesn't take a long time and you don't need a large tribe. You just need the right attention, right? Yes. And you need, um, and you need to show up. <laughs>
1: yeah, so, absolutely.
2: You know? Yeah.
1: And I know that you've also trained with Grant Cardone And uh, he certainly has a unique way of doing business. He's all about getting stuff done really fast. He's all about uh, taking huge, massive action. That's been really instrumental in your success as well, isn't it? All right.
2: Absolutely. So Grant has been literally a game changer for me. Um, I found him literally at the start of um, me jumping on Periscope, the live streaming app for the first time um, to even begin to create my brand. And he talked about obscurity. And I remember when he started kind of explaining that you know your biggest problem as an entrepreneur that's trying to get out into the marketplace that's trying to show people I've got this product I've got this service for you you know the biggest problem is that nobody knows who you are and social media is very very noisy and you need to find ways to be able to stand out you need to be able to find ways to actually get people's attention and you need to be able to find ways to get people to actually trust you because there is a psychology that goes on online where people need to feel safe with you in order yes. to buy. It's not, and I think, you know, another myth people think is that. You can just show up online every every day and just throw your your purchase link right in front of people, and that with the hopes that if you throw your purchase link out enough, that maybe somebody will land on it and buy it. That that is yeah. not a plan. <laughs> no. That's not a plan on. That's not a a plan or a strategy that no. is going to work for you. Let alone be um, sustainable.
1: Awesome. We are with Sherry Ame and we will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we will discuss her major medical miracle right after the break. Please stay with us. Don't go away. This is going to be amazing. Ebook, the survival guide to living with stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo; it'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about running a book? And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. And my very special guest this week is Sherry Ame. And we talked about her business experience in the last segment as part of her background. But then something really, literally life changing happened to you. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah. So, um, right after, uh, shortly after I launched my, my digital tech firm, everything was going great, success the money coming in, hiring. I had over, you know, 20 people working for me and, um, and I ended up getting sick. I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and ended up needing to spend the next six months doing chemotherapy, uh, which was not fun at all. Um, but I made it through and, um, was well on my way to recovery and taking, you know, um, some time to just rebuild my body, get my strength back. Um, and then to get right back into my business. And it was eight months after, uh, my last chemo treatment that I started having symptoms that were, uh, lasted about three weeks. Um, when undiagnosed, nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. And it turns out I was in heart failure. Um, Yeah. And so basically, you know, a lot of people know my story from the moment where I share that I I literally one day um, flatlined in my husband's arms. He had just rushed me into the hospital. And I, I think within five, 10 minutes, I flatlined right in his arms. So that's, you know, that's kind of where a lot of people pick up on my story. And what happened was they could not uh, get my heart to restart. So they were doing CPR for over 90 minutes and no luck. So they were ready to call my time of death. And, um, one man in that hospital room just said, no, we are not losing her. And he instructed them to keep going beyond the 90 minutes, do CPR. So he could install a temporary life support device. Um, When they realized there was nothing more they could do for me, they actually, uh, several miracles happened and they uh, were able to connect with some key people at literally one of the top hospitals in New York City, New York Presbyterian, Columbia. And that is where literally over 100 surgeons and doctors from around the world pulled their brilliant minds together and figured out how to save my life. And part of saving my life meant that I was in a coma for about three months, um, unknown if I would survive. And when I wow. did survive, um, I had to spend the next four and a half years on a bionic heart called an, an LVAD. It's a left ventricular assist device.
1: That is amazing. So,
2: yeah, so I no longer have the device. So I do wanna clarify that. I, so I was on it for four and a half years. And then literally two years ago, I finally was listed and received the gift of a beautiful donated heart. And, um, and this is now my journey on social media, taking everybody from literally the day I came home from that heart transplant. Um, after complications, I came home. I couldn't walk, couldn't feed myself. And from my bed, Brian, I wrote my number one best selling book with my iPhone with one finger because I had no mobility in my fingers. Uh, and it went to number one. Um right right after I launched it three months later, went to number one. And that's also when I jumped on Periscope. Again, still rehabilitating my life, but um launched my brand before I could walk, before I was really uh dependent uh independent on my own again I launched everything. So when we talk about live streaming it literally helped me get my life back.
1: Wow. And I'm sure the community that you built was so incredibly supportive.
2: Yes. Oh my god, my community is everything. They make me cry when I think about them. They're yeah. so loyal, they're so supportive, so understanding and you know what's amazing is What I learned in live streaming is that the more I showed up, the more authentic, the more transparent I was with what was going on with me. The more that I just showed up for people, the more they showed up for me and was there for me during my moments when I maybe had, you know, this just goes to show how how transparent I was. There were times along my journey that I was struggling. I was trying to rehabilitate my body. Right. right. Let alone trying to teach people around the world. So I'm, I'm struggling here. And right. there were moments where I came on and just broke down in tears and my whole yeah. tribe, my whole tribe was there for me. They were there for yeah. me, but I could still show up the next day in full massive action mode, like we talked about with Grant Cardone, full mm-hmm. massive action mode and get them to take action in their lives and motivate them so that I really honestly believe in the power of authentic branding and being transparent. You can actually break down and cry one day and like literally kick butt the next day.
0: Sure.
2: (laughs) You know what I mean? When you build a raving tribe that believes in you and knows you are authentic and you are literally, um, a good kind person, um, living from the heart, they will be there for you.
1: Yeah. And, I, I also want to ask because obviously the physical journey was enormous, but if you think about the connectivity between body, mind, and spirit, emotionally, uh, and spiritually, uh, those components of your journey probably don't get talked about a whole lot. So what was the emotional and spiritual journey like for you through this whole process?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, it was, it was a journey. <laughs> um, it's all, it's, it's all, um, everything, everything I create, even though you guys are seeing me building my brand and doing so many things on the physical level. Um, to me, this has been a, a spiritual growth journey to me. This has been, it, it's, it's, it's me, myself and and the powers of the, the universe that have really been guiding me and holding me high throughout all of this because none of this is easy going through cancer is not easy um being cleared of cancer is not easy you're always wondering is it going to come back you know um death is not easy recovery is not easy so there is a whole mindset component that plays a very big role in my life every single day that um, no, I don't get a chance to talk about it a lot unless really you're on my live streams, you know, late at night where I get to share that and teach it. Um, but I spend the majority of my time literally working on my mindset.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. so important. Let's talk about the mindset. I mean, you have to have the mindset of a savage beast warrior or something, <laughs> don't you? Don't you?
2: Yeah, you really do. Yeah. And um, life support, I always say, will do that to you. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like being on your deathbed, right? And right. and knowing this could be it, um, and then having machines hooked up to you like you're out of some scene in The Matrix, you right, the movie. Wow. Um, there's no better wake-up call than that. And if I can survive being awake and having tubes jammed down my throat having uh, machines the size of a refrigerator sitting right by my shoulder actually acting as my lungs because they've cut off supply to my lungs so that a machine can actually breathe for me um the mindset required to be on machines like that and then the mindset required to actually be weaned off life support nobody ever talks about that journey um mm. your your mindset needs to be on point. And what I've done is I've taken all of those lessons of how I survived on life support and I've utilized it in creating this business.
1: That's really, really incredible. I I love that so much. There's there's certainly a fear component that comes with all of this as well. I mean, you've survived everything you've come through does anything scare you anymore? I mean, I'm sure your perspective on fear is a lot different than it is for most of us.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. My fear is definitely, I have very different fears. Um, so I no longer fear things like death, you know, um, right. I don't really sweat the small stuff anymore. Um, right. And the things I fear are more like, I'm so afraid of not expanding Fast enough into my full potential, like that terrifies me because I know what it's like to be I know what it's like to die, I know what it's like to die, and I know that moment right before you die when the flood of regrets of how you lived your life comes like literally flooding through your system um that was the most painful experience ever ever, wow. and to be somebody that has survived what you read about, like the five or, you know, 10 regrets of the dying. Like I had those regrets and then I live to tell about it. So your life is never the same once you've hit that regrets. So, you know, I, I am so afraid of, of reaching that point again and feeling that again. So that's what drives me to take massive action. That's what drives me to push through fears like I fears are just indicators for me that I am expanding
1: yeah absolutely
2: yeah
1: Yeah. absolutely we've got less than two minutes to our next break so let me just ask you this what do you wish what do you wish you knew before you started your business
2: um (laughs) that's a great question um I wish I knew um, how difficult it would be to scale. <laughs> mm. I, I'm not going to lie. The scaling part is not, is not, I really, I don't know. I, I guess I thought, oh, I just need to do A, B, C, and D. <laughs> right. And, um, it's it's a lot more complicated than that. And, and mostly because, um, gosh, there's so much involved in it. I mean, there's there's other people now involved. So it's one thing to start a business, right? And it's just you and you taking your massive action and you getting results and you can count on yourself to show up, right? Now yeah. you've got to bring in the leadership skills. Now you've got to be able to um, bring on key qualified people. Now you've got to be able to juggle you know, multiple departments. You know, Now you've got to be able to inspire other people to, to see your vision. Right um so that point I never got to that point before I died with my digital tech firm.
0: Mm,
1: wow. So okay. this
2: this scaling part is very important to me. Um, but it's new for me. It's absolutely
1: very, yeah. Yeah. We're coming up against our next break. My very special guest this week is Sherry Ame. And we just talked about the massive medical miracle that she experienced. We will discuss more about that and what she's learned in business. When we come right back, this is Success
0: Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have
1: you ever thought about writing a book? and we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Sherry Ame. And let's talk about your business and the lessons that you've learned from that a little bit more. One of the things that we talked about during your bio is that you help businesses bust out of obscurity. What exactly does that mean? Because that's really essentially uh, what you're doing in your work now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I teach everything that I do, <laughs> which makes it really a lot of fun. Um so I, so busting out of obscurity really means obscurity as being like unknown. You're, you're kind of, nobody knows who you are. And, um, as I kind of talked about earlier, you know, um, obscurity, like Grant Cardone says is, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's your biggest problem, you know, even as a, a business, um, obscurity is your biggest problem if you want sustainability people need to know you you know not just your little neighborhood people around the world need to know you if you want to be able to survive now nowadays so obscurity obscurity is really coming out of the unknown so that people start to know who you are um so i call it busting out of obscurity and i always say it's not strolling out of obscurity it's busting out of obscurity it's literally applying speed power momentum to come out Um, and I say there's an art to it, but you come out of the shadows of your own life and you come out and you boldly share who you are. You let the world know who you are and you start to build rapport with people. You start to educate people on who you, who are you? What are you all about? What do you like? What don't you like? And it allows the world to start to ask themselves do I relate to this person? You know, oh, yeah. hey, Sherry's talking about this. I can relate to that in my life. Sure. Right?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: And it starts to build that know, like, and trust factor. Yes. And when you show up enough, you know, like I said before, it just makes sales so much easier. So rather than doing what most people do is they show up on social media and they just push their products in other people's faces. And Mm -hmm. what, what happens when you do that? People are like, leave me alone. They immediately have their, their barriers up. So, but busting out of obscurity is your process of leading first with your brand. And what is your brand? Your brand is your essence. So whether you have a product, whether you have a corporation, right? You can still brand yourself. You as the owner, the business owner, you brand yourself because when people start to figure out who who is Sherry, who is Brian, it doesn't matter whether Brian has a podcast, a radio show, a, a, a course, or whether he's about to launch a book. They're going to buy whatever it is you're offering because they have fallen in love with you. Yeah. And Absolutely. branding, branding is really like Grant Cardone says, it is burning the name of your brand into the minds of your audience. And I took that into effect when I literally was trying to build this brand from the edge of my bed, like drawing out my tears because I couldn't walk and I'm feeling sorry for myself. And yeah. I utilized what he taught by saying the one sole responsibility that I have before I put together a product, before I sell to anybody, I need to figure out how to burn my name into the minds of people all around the world. And so many people miss that step, Brian. They Mm -hmm. miss that step and they go straight for the sale and they wonder, A, why people are saying no to them all the time, and B, they're wondering why they can't sustain their business for years.
1: Yeah. So as long as we're talking about branding, I want to ask, what do you think people get right and what people get wrong about it in terms of maybe strategy?
2: I think a lot of people don't understand branding strategy. I think that's literally the biggest problem. People think of branding as, oh, it's my logo. Oh it's, oh, it's the colors I need to use. I need to pick out my branding colors. They think that it is the visual that is the branding. No, it is literally the essence. It is your essence. Branding, design, that's one thing, that's design. Branding strategy is what's going to get your brand burned into the minds so that you become top of mind to people all the time. So when people think of like, let's say, I don't know, am I allowed to say brands in here? But when you think of like a brand, you know, let's say you're trying to make a a copy of a piece of paper, right? And you use Mm -hmm. that machine, right? right? Everybody knows the brand of, you know, copiers, right? So... Why do we know that? Because they literally, it's burned into our minds. Yes. I did advertising and branding for, for Fortune 500 companies, these massive products. So I just apply the same principles to me as a personal brand and to my clients. And you've got to be able to find something about you and who you are and what you stand for. That can actually be the core foundation of your brand so that when people see those elements that you're sharing, they immediately think of you. So with my brand, I have been able to successfully burn the name of my brand into my audience. I know because anytime somebody is out and I'm not around, they're just out shopping or out with their family. They are from all over the world. People are sending me snapshots of restaurants titles. They're, they're sending me pictures of animals. They're sending me, they're sending me pictures of anything that literally represents my brand. They can't get it out of their head. That's awesome. Right. And when you that. can't, when you're stuck in people's heads, boom, somebody needs, somebody needs help with branding. Who do they think of? Sherry.
1: Absolutely. How do you, uh, build a massive following your business. And the reason I ask you this is because I know you're, you're you're a huge NASCAR fan (laughs) and and they have a huge following too. So what do you think, what do you think uh, we can learn from NASCAR in terms of building a massive, a massive following?
2: You know, in terms of building a following, I think, you know, I think being really clear on what you stand for. I mean, Mm. it's, It's all about your niche, right? It's all about your target market. It's all about getting clarity on who exactly you are targeting. Who are you servicing? And I think the majority of entrepreneurs are afraid. They're afraid to target. They don't understand that just because you're targeting somebody and you're speaking to one group of people, it doesn't mean you're not going to get business from other other markets. It doesn't mean that. But in your messaging online, again, it all comes down to psychology. To build that know, like, and trust factor, people need to know that you're talking directly to them. Yeah. And you can't do that if you say, I help everybody, (laughs) right? And what NASCAR does is NASCAR, like, I mean, if you're obsessed with NASCAR like I am, it is there is s- something specific about us that is drawn to NASCAR, right? The whole world is not into NASCAR, but those of us that are, we are die hard fans. Right. right? NASCAR is not trying to please the whole world. They're they're literally, they know that we are their target market. They know that we are raving fans. And they are going to speak directly to us. And that draws us in and just makes us go all in. So, again, yeah. the key is not so much you need a massive tribe, a massive following. You need the right tribe. You need the, the, a targeted tribe. Because when it's targeted, you can literally actually ask them what their problems are and then solve them. And when you can yeah. find your market's problem and solve it, you will make money.
1: Absolutely. And NASCAR comes out to Phoenix twice a year. I don't you probably already know this. They come out here in March toward the beginning yeah. of the season. They come out here in November in the next to last race of the season during the playoff season. So
2: yeah.
1: NASCAR NASCAR you don't think of Arizona as being a place where NASCAR is is embraced, but they fill that place up. They really do. People come from oh, all sh- over. All oh, over sh- go-
2: Yeah. 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 I- I'm sure because I'm already like in my little, like, my, my plan, my business plan, my yeah. business model is literally, like, at some point in my business, I will be traveling around to the different cities going to NASCAR. I'm also a big NHRA fan, so I will be going, hopping back and forth between NASCAR and NHRA.
1: <laughs> oh, I think we have, we have NHRA, I think, out here in February. So, yeah, totally. Nice, nice. The funny car races and such, Yeah.
2: Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) People love that stuff out here. So let me
1: ask you this. Um, What makes being an entrepreneur so hard?
2: Um, I think it's really – I I always say that entrepreneurship is a personal growth journey. So I don't believe it's the tactics. I don't believe it's anything other than – one's own ability to see themselves beyond where they are now. And if you are unable to do that, you will have a very tough time building a business, which is why I think so many people, um, A, fail to start, and B, if they do start, they quit. Yeah. You have to be able to see yourself beyond whatever circumstances are around you at this point Um, that has to do with um, at every stage of your business. You know, I'm in the scaling phase right now. I need to be able to envision what my business looks like beyond where it is right now. In order to get there, you've got to be able to feel it and envision it first. And if your fears are stopping you from doing that, You'll never reach that. You've got to be able to get into that place of like, let's say you want to be a millionaire, right? You need mm-hmm. to be able to feel like a millionaire before you get there. Like that's not, uh, an exaggeration. It's not a quote. It's, it's actual reality. You've you got to to it.
1: Able,
2: yes. You have to own it and you have to be able to see yourself as that. And I think a lot of, um, entrepreneurs just, they cannot, um, it's It's a mindset thing. It, it's yeah. uh, un, entrepreneurship is only hard because of your mindset. Mm. Um, and and really, that's the biggest barrier. It, it's nothing else but the barrier. Um, but the mindset. And if you can address that those mindset issues along the way and clear them, That's how you gain momentum. So part of why I'm able to move so fast in my business is when stuff comes up, I can clear it rapidly and keep moving. Nothing will stop me. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. We've got maybe about a minute or so to our final break. So let me ask you this. What are your non-negotiables in life? What will you absolutely not tolerate?
2: Um, I will not tolerate anybody treating my heart less than gold. (laughs) I love that. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um I will not tolerate unethical behavior. Yeah. And um let me think of one more. Um I will not tolerate negativity.
1: That's awesome. I love that answer. We are coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going and how much fun this has been. We've got more questions on the way. And my very special guest is Sherry Ame. We will come back after the final break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back. united states with quality programming this is Tokinet radio
2: it's you never heard. are you a cheese lover then you would be called a queso file Cheese has been around a long time. In fact, the remains of cheese were found in Egyptian tombs over 4,000 years ago. The United States produces 25% of the world's cheese, while the largest consumer is Greece. You're an average American, you'll eat 27 pounds of cheese per year. A cheese factory in Wisconsin is the only place still making the famously stinky Limburger cheese. The pungent odor comes from the bacteria that live in the Rhine. Apparently, mosquitoes are attracted to Limburger cheese. This could make anyone a tyrophobiac That's the person who's afraid of cheese. They say it's the early bird that gets the worm, but it's the second mouse that gets the cheese. I'm Carolyn Davidson,
1: and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for
0: Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright.
1: And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Sherry Ame. And I want to ask about live streams because you've talked about it and I want to ask, what what really made you want to do this? I mean, I know that part of it was probably very therapeutic for you since you were in the hospital when you started doing these, right?
2: Uh, the live streams?
1: Was it the live streams or was it the periscopes? You you talked about something like that earlier. Yeah.
2: yeah. So the live streams, um, yeah, I started right after my heart transplant. So it was when I When I got home from my heart transplant, I had complications during surgery. They actually put the heart in, the new heart, and it didn't start. (laughs) So, yeah, slight complications, right? Right. So I ended up needing to be on life support for three months again. And um, I ended up coming home in a wheelchair, needing the rest of my rehabilitation to learn how to walk all over again and learning how to feed myself. So I literally had, like, very little mobility and had no strength left. You know, all my muscles had atrophied from being in the hospital bed so long. So I launched my periscope, um, literally sitting on the edge of my bed, like right in front of my window and, um, you know, kind of in my pajamas all day, no makeup. Like I really just didn't care. I mean, I, I just knew I needed to get my life back, you know? And I was terrified of cameras. So I was very shy. I was um, absolutely 100% afraid of cameras like my whole life. So there were never, it's funny because now I have pictures of me like all over the freaking internet. (laughs) Right. But like, you know, I, I, never you won't see pictures of me prior to that um so this is very new as of the past two years um I was afraid of video and cameras I was terrible on camera I would have sweaty palms and literally about to pass out so I had to literally push through all of that fear um because I knew I wasn't mobile, I couldn't leave the house, and I'm yeah. like, I haven't been working for eight years because I've been, you know, fighting for my life. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I need money. Like this has gone on long enough. I need money, and I said, Well, I, I've, I i do not have much to give people. I don't even have the energy to be teaching anything about program, like, I certainly don't have the energy to regrow my tech firm at this point. And I I don't have the energy to really be teaching or, or pretending to be an expert at anything. I'm just trying to survive and feed myself. Right. So I I didn't want to come on and say, Oh, I'm the expert, you know, blah, blah, blah. I really just said, let me just connect with people from my heart And let me just share with people how I get through my day. And it really just started off like that. It just started off where I just transparently and authentically came on every day. And I said to people, I don't have anything to give you, but I've got my heart and I can share with you my story and how I've kind of been getting through it. And I literally took this big risk and started sharing with people from all over the world, like multiple different countries, um, this crazy story. So while everybody on Periscope was teaching about business strategies, everyone's like, who is this girl claiming she came from the afterlife and had this near-death experience and went to heaven. And, but more and more people started feeling my heart and feeling that I was speaking the truth. And my tribe just started growing and growing and growing from there. And I started landing, um, interviews, um, and my tribe just, really took off from there and at some point I think about six months after I started I just pulled I had done so much I'd gotten to know my tribe so well I knew in and out. I knew their fears I knew what help they needed I knew what their problems were I knew their kids names I yeah. knew their dogs names right I just mm-hmm. knew because I spent the time I spent the time to to not just have my audience get to know me but I spent the time to get to know each and every one of them
1: Right. And your story ended up on the History Channel too, right?
2: They actually, they came to me, um, this was actually right before my heart transplant. They came to me um, looking to put me on a series um, on their show. So I actually still have to reach out to them, um, but we were in talks right before I went in for my heart transplant. But um, before my heart transplant, I was also r- reached out to by NHK Broadcasting, which is out of Japan. Wow. And um, they did fly over here just to interview me and feature me in a uh, documentary about my near-death experience. So yeah, wow. I, I've i actually had to purposely hold off on any media the past two years because um, of the transplant and then the complications after. So you're, you're kind of seeing me on podcast interviews and all this stuff because I've been working on actually just building the core business so that I have yes. some financial stability um, because I think we all kind of dream about attention. But yeah. what good is the attention if you have nowhere to drive people to that's going to help take care of you?
1: Exactly. No, I certainly understand that for sure. So let me ask you this, uh, Sherry, how do you recognize opportunities? Is this something that we can train ourselves to see? Because some people can look at the same situation and see it very differently from someone else who sees the same situation.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah, I see this a lot. I see a lot of people, uh, especially in entrepreneurship, missing opportunities. And, you know, I, I always wonder, you know, I, I'm very, very aware of opportunities. I'm w- well aware of a million opportunities a day. Like, it's crazy. I'm almost like, do I just have like superhuman eyesight? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, am I the only one seeing this? Like, there's a doorway, there's a doorway, there's a doorway. You know, all you have to do is walk through it. And I, I think um, I think a lot of people don't see it because of their fear, right? And 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 this is what I was talking about with the mindset you've got to have a success mindset. You really do have to be able to see yourself as bigger than where you are now. Because mm-hmm. when you can see yourself bigger, you'll you'll recognize when a doorway or an opportunity comes that's going to take you there. So my literally my suggestion and, and this is what I tell all my clients as well, you've got to know your target. You've got to know where you're going. Like I I know I have a powerful story and I know I've had to build this business for financial stability first, but I still every day have to remind myself, where am I going with all of this? It's not enough to just have a powerful story. Where are you going? Because once you get that attention, what are you going to do with it? You're going to collapse if you don't know where you're going. So I have massive goals. I have massive dreams. I have a vision. I know I, I have milestones. I know where I'm going so that as I'm going about every day, you may think, okay, I need to do things a certain way. I need to write my book next. And then I need to do a few live streams. And then I need to get my sales funnel up. And then I, you may think, you know, all those steps, But if you know your end result and all of a sudden tomorrow somebody walks in your life and says, oh, here's a doorway that's actually going to speed up the process and get you about an inch away from that target you wrote down. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I will know that that's an opportunity because where they say they're telling me is an inch away from the target. Yeah. But when you don't have a target, you don't realize that that's a doorway (laughs) because you didn't didn't identify where you're going. So honestly – My suggestion for people that um, are not seeing opportunities every day, like if you if you cannot with confidence, like I am right now saying, I see hundreds of opportunities open a day. If you cannot comfortably say that, you've got to go back to the drawing board, get yourself your journal, a pen or a whiteboard and marker, and you've got to actually map out what is your year long plan your 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 um three year plan five year 10 year where are you going what what would make you happiest what type of lifestyle do you want to live what massive goal would be like wow that would be a huge achievement for me you've yeah. got to do that and then you've got to write those goals down again every single day you must always know your target
1: yeah That's really wonderful. I love that. What do you think is your superpower?
2: My superpower is tapping into my heart um, and connecting others to feel safe and inspired to live their most expansive life.
1: That's fantastic. We've got three minutes to the end. I want to ask who inspires and motivates you. It's the question I ask everybody. (laughs)
2: Um, So I have different people that inspire me. Um, Oprah Winfrey, absolutely one of my biggest inspirations ever um, in my life ever since I was a little girl. Um, Who motivates me? Grant Cardone, absolutely. You know, that is just my guy. That is the guy that's in my ear. Every single day, pushing me forward um, to build this business with massive speed and and momentum and power and force. So, um, you know, I keep my eye on on those two every day.
1: Absolutely. Where can we find you, connect with you, be a part of your tribe, and explore what you've done?
2: Yeah, I would love for everybody to be a part of my tribe. It's called Live, Big, Be Happy. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Groups slash live big be happy or you can do a search for hashtag live big be happy um you can also go to my website where you can check out even my media page some of my blog posts to get to know me that's at sherryma.com that's c-h-e-r-i-e-a-i-m-e-e.com
1: fantastic fantastic and i know you've mentioned grant cardone a few times what's your favorite book
2: um so my favorite book it's a toss-up now because it was a 10x rule which absolutely love 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 but now he just came out with be obsessed or be average and oh my gosh that is just everything so um it's it's definitely a toss-up between those two books but i tell everybody start with the 10x rule um a 10x rule change will change the game for you absolutely
1: yeah Okay, great. We've got about a minute and a half or so to the end. Any final words of wisdom you'd like to share with us, Sherry?
2: Yeah, I just want to really inspire and encourage everybody to just—I know you've got a lot of people in your ear telling you how how the world works, how you should be, how you should act, and a lot of it is really at the end of the day keeping you small. And I yeah. want you—you know—my my my mission here. You know, I may teach branding and busting out of obscurity and all these tips on social media, but my core mission is for you to get out there and live fully, live boldly, live your truth, and live a powerful life of no regrets. I don't want you to experience what I experienced on that last day that I died. I want you to go out there and know that you are perfect exactly as you are, and you have everything you need to keep going. You just got to make sure that you work on your mindset and trust that you are enough exactly as you are.
1: That's right. Live big, be happy. Happy. Thank you so much, Sherry Ma, for being on the show today. And this has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern uh, right here on the Togenet Radio Network, where I interview the most successful people in the world, learn how they achieved and what they overcame and what we can learn from it. Until next time, take care, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Goodbye.